and welcome to Move the Live Prop Drop Show presented by Thrive Fantasy. I'm Ryan Noonan back to talk about the best way in the most profitable way. 11 and 1 last week, fellas, uh, to bet on NFL football, and that is player props. We're going to be live here, 2 p.m. Eastern, every Friday, giving you our favorite player props on the board and taking your questions. So if you're hanging out on YouTube, subscribe so you don't miss a show. Smash the like button for us, it goes a long way in helping us. Uh, and share the show with your friends. We talked about it last night on the game preview show. This is not fantasy football. Communal wins are fun. You're not competing with your friends. So share the love. Share the show. It's free. And jump in the chat. Let us know what your favorite prop is for the week. Any thoughts on a play? Feel free to ask us. Um, let's have an active chat today. We'll get to some questions at the end. Joining me here, as always, in the great luscious state of Florida with a uh, new backdrop and uh, hopefully some decent internet, Connor Allen. Yeah, I think I'm operating on arguably the slowest internet I've ever been on. I think it was upload speeds of four megabytes per second. I uh, didn't think that was even possible, but we're here. We're alive. We're in Florida, and we'll try and make it through the show. It looks decent camera-wise, and you sound okay, so not too bad. We'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, you know what your move should be? As a – listen, I'm not a props professional, but I am a video professional. You need to like get some textbooks. I don't know if you're in your like, college home or – why are you in Florida? <laughs> For a wedding. Okay, for a wedding. So, like, find, like, you know, the, the registry. It's probably really huge. You just prop your laptop up on it. Shoot down. That's always – you always want the camera slightly above eye line. That's where See, you want to be with a camera. You can get, like, like, up here. And you know, yeah, I mean, you yeah, want it to be a bit more See, level. But, yeah, that's where you want to be. Yeah. This is mid-show adjustment right here, Pat. This is great. Oh, I'm sure Sal loves that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, yeah, it, you – it doesn't matter how good or bad that you look in real life. If you're pointing up, you're going to look bad. You point down, you're going to look a whole lot better. And we get to see where the magic happens behind you a little bit there. It's not bad. Yeah, it says play more. Twins so, together, you, you yeah. have a party going. Yeah, I thought my wife was trying to send me a message there with the separate beds there. You know, I walked in, but I think we're doing okay. It's only been a couple of months. <laughs> you should still be on the honeymoon period for sure, so... Uh, but you know, it's, it looks like it's holding up. Okay. Uh, obviously here as well, joining us in the space every week is the man behind the Mayo media network and the Pat Mayo experience. It's the man himself, Pat Mayo. How are we doing today? Uh, doing very well after last week, doing pretty well after Thursday night football too. It, Juwan Johnson. What a hero. Yeah. Champion. I had the Juwan Johnson play too. It took us a little bit of a sweat there at the end and then got there on garbage time, which is perfect. That's that's what we want. So well, it, it was nice too because they opened the Hopkins line at like sixty-one and a half, and I was like, "Well, that's going to be an over. Let's just pencil that one in." So that was great. Yeah, they peppered him, dominated the target share. Be interested to see if that kind of continues. We're complaining too because they were just using him like last year, boundary Jamison Crowder, like a lot of dink and dunk stuff. So, but if the volume is going to be there, that's going to make up for all of those issues. So I, I would think so. Yes. Uh, all right. Let's. Uh, well, before we do, I want to remind you. Before we get into all the stuff here, two episodes every week. Just talked about it briefly um, on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Prop drop is going to be on Fridays. Game preview on Thursday nights just before Thursday night football, 6.45 p.m. Eastern. John Daigle, Connor, and myself. We had Ben Solak from The Ringer on last night. Uh, Solak is fantastic. You will become a smarter football fan by listening to that show. Talking some you know more sides and totals in game previews there. Uh, lots of good stuff there. So again, if you're subscribing, you'll check that out as well. And also want to tell you about how to get a $20 betting subscription at 444. It costs a lot more than that, but through our friends over at Thrive Fantasy, you can get it for just 20 bucks. 
Um, and you get a free t-shirt. Actually, that's going to go until the weekend. So um, go over to thrivefantasy.com or download the app today. Use our promo code 4 for 4 Deposit $20. Your initial, initial deposit will be matched up to $250. So you can do it for $250. You'll get $500 in your account. You can jump into their tournaments, help them fill those things. Lots of fun ways to, to bet on props. We'll get to some of that later in the show. Uh, you're going to be a new Thrive user, new Thrive account email. And must use that promo code 444. We'll reach out to you in details on how to activate your sub shortly thereafter. But a great way to partner with them. Uh, again, new Thrive users only. If you have questions, this is good for new or um, existing 444 subs. If you reach out to us at support, uh, we'll just go ahead and extend your subscription for another year. And the betting subscription gets you everything on the site. We're doing NBA props right now. Still doing MMA every weekend. Uh, we'll be doing college basketball. Uh, and again, if you're doing DFS, season long, high stakes, all that stuff too, literally gets you access to everything on the site. So thrivefantasy.com, promo code 444. All right, Connor, while we have you, hopefully the internet continues to hold up. We'll let you get started with, uh, again, no pressure. 11 and 1 last week, and the one was yours. So it's Let's I go. let the team down. I let the team down, but we're going to get off to a great start here. I like Kenneth Walker to go over his rushing yard total. It's at 67 and a half right now. He got 21 of 23 running back carries last week for the Seahawks. Now it draws the Chargers defense that has been getting wrecked on the ground, 28th in run defense EPA. If we look at some of the, the performances that they've allowed on the ground this season, they allowed 66 yards to Latavius Murray, literally a corpse signed off of practice squad. Uh, they allowed 134 yards to Nick Chubb, 134 to Damian Pierce, 100 to James Robinson, and 74 yards on just eight carries by Edward Solaire. Uh, Kenneth Walker so far, ranking fifth in broken tackle rate among running backs with 20-plus carries so far. I think this number should be in the low, mid, low to mid-70s. I can understand how some projections just don't get there, but I really think that even if he's getting like 12 to 15 carries, this is a great bet uh, with him ripping off a long one. And if game script goes well, he could easily be in the 15 to 20 carry range, and he's, he's going over 100 yards here. Yeah, he looked good last week. Elusive uh, running back three, an elusive rating last week. He was third in rushing yards over expectation per attempt. Uh, big breakaway runs. Um, I'm in this with you here. I think it's a, a great look. Obviously, we know still a problem with the Chargers and stopping the run. Pat, what do you think about Kenneth Walker here? I have him over. I have him over very slightly. I think my perception would be the same as Connor's, where I think that he probably does get around 100 yards in this spot, but it could be very game flow dictated as well. Like Seattle's defense sucks. So if they fall behind 14, nothing or 10, nothing really early, which is not inconceivable against the chargers, even though they're kind of banged up at the moment, I feel like it's a lot like the Camara thing from Thursday night, that if you had gone over the 64 and a half, like that was a lock. And then Dalton threw two pick sixes and they didn't run the ball again. The rest of the game, you're like, Oh, well, he was averaging like eight yards a carry. They probably should have just kept doing that, and that would have worked. Like That'd be the my only hesitation on this. My projection has him at 72 yards on 14 carries, and I think that even the yards per carry on that is probably pretty low for going against the Chargers, so I completely get it. Wouldn't be my number one because it's not my number one. <laughs> what is your number one? Uh, Kenny Pickett under rushing yards. <laughs> I'm going to win on this every single week. Uh, it's it's now down to 13 and a half. Nothing has been better in the NFL season so far than him coming in in that Jets game and rushing for the two touchdowns because it has set this precedent that he's someone who runs the ball. 
He doesn't. And he's coming off a concussion. So doubt he's going to be running too much against the Dolphins and their super blitz happy packages. Maybe because of the over blitzing, the cover zero, he sees some daylight goes. You're not going to win it every single week, but you're going to win it close to every single week. So Kenny Pickett, 13 and a half rushing yards under. Now that Cooper Rush is back on the bench, we got to find someone else to dogpile on every week. It's this under. I saw it drop a little bit ago, not too long before we got on the show, and I'm like, Pat's going to have this one on the card this week for sure. So wish you could bet on stuff like that. That would work. But uh, Connor, any thoughts there on you know, the matchup with man? I know we talk about sometimes we lean man or rushing yards over, but to Pat's point, like, yeah, that, I think that's a good like system bets, but like he's not, this dude's not running. And it is definitely inflated off of a really small one game sample when he first came in there. What are your thoughts? And to the point about the concussion there, uh, I mean, some quarterbacks are willing to like take more hits or just like kind of like pile through some guys going forward for next yard. He's going to be running out of bounds. Like Kyler Murray asked almost where like he could get forward another yard or two, but instead just like kind of, you know, skirts off out of bounds or like runs backwards the yard, to like kind of avoid contact. So I think that if he does run, you're probably gonna be looking at a similar situation to that. So he would truly need like an open field there uh, to get over this number. And additionally too, especially with Tua in this game, if he takes a hit, and doesn't get up right away, he's out of the game. Yeah, that's a good look. All right, well, so I'm that's going not back a good to... look. But well, that's not a good look. I'm a good look my pocketbook. Yeah. Uh, I'm going back to the well on something that worked last week as well. I'm growing under 26 and a half passing attempts from Marcus Mariota. I gave out completions on the show last week. Also mentioned that we liked the under on attempts too. They both came in fairly comfortably, even though he like threw for 95% completion percentage. Uh, he's topped this once all season in back in week one. He's coming off of 14 attempts last week against San Francisco. And now they're facing this Bengals team without DJ reader and attacking Cincinnati on the ground is a great way to go. A Solak broke that down extensively last night on our show. There's some pretty big splits on reader in the lineup and out of the lineup as far as like yards per carry. I think it's like 3.8 yards per carry against Cincinnati with him in the lineup, it's been 6.2 the last couple of weeks without him. And we know this is basically what they want to do. Arthur Smith wants to run. They get creative with their run schemes. And over the past three weeks, the Falcons have a pass rate over expectation of minus 17.5%, which is more than twice the run rate of the Bears, who we think of as a team that just refuses to throw the ball. So Mariota comfortably for me under 26.5 pass attempts. I can get there on the um, completions again. But I think this number is a just a mistake. It's minus 109 on Caesars, still out there on DraftKings and Bet MGM as well at minus 110. What are your thoughts, Pat? Uh, I think Atlanta covers, so I like it. Anytime that Atlanta is going to be in a game and come close to covering, Mariota is, is just simply not going to pass the ball. Even if they get blown out, he barely passes the ball. So I do like this one. And it's funny what you mentioned about Atlanta and their run below or their pass below expectation. And I kind of hopped on what you did. I, I made a massive wager on, I think his name is Zach Collins on the Cardinals last night. Whoever their yeah. linebacker is. Davian Collins. Davian yeah. Collins, or the guy who scored the touchdown. Yeah. Uh, but he was plus 110 to have six and a half or more, or more than six and a half tackles in that game. It's like, well, besides Atlanta, the Saints actually run over expectation way more than any other team in football. Like, this is a perfect recipe for trying to hit these tackle props that you talked about. I don't even know who these guys are. And I'm like, well... I just kind of search who has the most tackles, who is playing for the Cardinals. Oh, middle linebacker. Well, the Cardinals rush defense is terrible 
at the defensive line level. Kamara is good. He keeps getting to the second level. This is a perfect match, right? And it was. So I would even be looking. Who's Cincinnati's linebacker? Just oh. over for them. We got this. We got a couple this week. <laughs> we, we have so we have actually their their starting linebacker, uh, Logan Wilson is probably going to be out. So Jermaine Pratt is going to be their main guy this week. They have a second guy depending on if Wilson is for sure out. Um, Akeem Davis Gaithier. Um, these guys are actually like tackle machines. Pratt is a beast. He is nine, eight, and fourteen the last three weeks. That's with Wilson in the lineup. Um, so yeah, he's probably one of my favorite two or three bets this week. I'm interested to see if they post Davis Gaithier at all. Uh, he barely plays. He played like one game over 50% of the snaps. He played 69% uh, percent of the snaps in week three against the Jets, 13 tackles. Uh, again, another team that likes to run the football quite a bit. So yeah, I think these guys are, are great looks in the tackle streets. Even if you can go to Von Bell, who's their box safety, who will probably play uh, quite a bit of box snaps, probably be like five and a half. I think those are all pretty good looks to be honest on Cincy side. So yeah, well, I got a few uh, tackle props to share with you guys later at the end. Sweet. Yeah. Now I, I think that's the correlation that you want the teams that pass below expectation and just load up on linebackers or strong safeties. You started a movement Noonan. I mean, this is like, we tweeted out a contest, you know, for or not a contest. It was like, you know, share a good bet that you made with four for four tag us and we'll send you a shirt or whatever. I'm not getting you like at least 75% of the people were tweeting out tackle prop wins and not like player prop wins tagging you in it. And I was like, wow, this is, I mean, times are changing here. This is, uh, this is great. Linebackers are players too. I was going to say, how, uh, how, how much feedback did you get from being on my golf show this week and then giving out the tackle prop that people hit? <laughs> we hit Alex Singleton, the guy eight and a half. He had 21. He had, he had nine with like six minutes left in the second quarter. This is insane. So, yeah, I mean, that was that in itself. You get the Mayo golf audience uh, tailing you on tackle props. It's a pretty good spot to be in. So, it worked out pretty well. We're going to continue. You're seven and one last week in the tackle streets. And, yeah, we're going to find the edge and we're going to, we're going to press. So, uh, Connor, back to you for uh, bet number two. Yeah, bet number two for me is another over. I like David and Joku over 36 and a half receiving yards. I mean, I would play it up to 40 here with better juice if you don't want to lay anything like a minus 120. But after week one, he's been way more involved. He's seen five or more targets in every game, 20% target share since week one. Uh, in those in the last four weeks, 58, 88, 73, and 89 receiving yards in those four games. We have 59 receiving yards projected, which is a little bit bullish, but still I think that this should this line should be at least in the low 40s here uh, at a minimum. Also, I like the chances of the Ravens scoring a lot of points in this game and the Browns maybe forcing them to pass a little bit more. So I think that with an elevated game state here, like Njoku's ceiling could be raised even more. And 36 and a half just felt a little bit too low for me as well, uh, especially when considering our projections. Yeah, I'm in this game. And I'll get to that with one of mine later. So I don't hate this at all. Pat, do you have any thoughts on Njoku who started to really emerge as basically the number two pass catcher here? Well, I, I'm trying to fill it out right now. It's funny that you say that you're in this game. I had planned on being in this game, but maybe I should give that one up from the Brown side as well, which is kind of funny to think about. Um, I, per my numbers, the single best prop of the week is Jacoby Brissett over 18 and a half completions. So if we could throw together a same gamer here, because I love Cooper over everything too. I actually just like the Browns in this game by and large. Like the one I was going to mention off the top is Chubb. His over under rushing is 71 and a half. That's so low. <laughs> This is your Derrick Henry thing from a couple weeks ago in that matchup against the Colts, right? Where it just yeah. it's matchup driven and it's like twenty yards off of what his market's been all season. 
Yeah, my projections have like I've just I mean, projections aren't always going to be right. And but the one good thing that projections do, it gets out your bias. It's not like like the Ravens have a bottom 10 rush defense. It's just te- they're usually winning early in games. So teams don't normally run a lot against them. That tends to be the issue. But I haven't projected it, 94 rushing yards. Yeah. Yeah, we got a good same game parlay here, too, because I, I like uh, I like Amari Cooper, too. We could put that in. So let's let's try this out here. Passing props. We'll go. Mm -hmm. I think Brissett goes over 219. I think he goes over 18 and a half completions, over 30 and a half. Like that's the one drawback to this. If these things hit, the Chubb thing probably comes as an under, right? Yeah, but the Chubb thing too, the way he plays, like you can just get that one, right? Like he can just grind out two, three at a time and then just break that one and and you're still probably live. So we can go... Brissett over passing, Brissett over completions, Brissett over attempts, Amari Cooper over 56 and a half yards, Njoku over 37 and a half. And that gets us up to, why isn't this letting me play the same game parlay? Because <laughs> there we go. Uh, I, independently, I like all five of those props. And I'll click on same game parlay and see what it gives me. What, what do you think this comes out to? Do you think it's better than 10 to 1 or no? Uh, I think so, Probably. So over, oh, we can get alternate passing yards on Jacoby Brissett. Probably don't want to do that, right? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't get too wild with with alt on, on Brissett. Let's well, see. I wish they'd offer Lamar's rushing yards because that would be a nice little addition sprinkled in here too. So do we want to go 30 plus or 35 plus passing attempts? What do mm, I even project that? I have I him at, where are you at, Jacoby Brissett? Not high. Actually, pretty high. He's inside the top 10 of scores this week on DraftKings, too, for me. I am exactly at 35 attempts, so I'll go over 30 on that. It doesn't seem like we're going to get completions as a part of this. Uh, receiving props, Amari Cooper. I mean, I like him to go for um, over the 59 and a half. That's fun. And then Njoku, you had 39, right, Connor? I, yeah, I did I did 36, but I think up to 40 is fine. So 39 is good. Yeah, 39 and a half will go over that pace plus money too. I mean, it's not that good. You go those four together, it's plus 475. Uh, I feel like they're kind of taking a dump on you with that one. Yeah. It's funny how yeah. those same game parlays work. But yeah, you can get the, you know, you wait a little bit. You add the uh, over on Lamar rushing, which would probably be like high 50s. He's gone for over 58 in five of six games against this team. I think like three games over 90. Um, just kind of has their number. And if, I don't know, the backfield's kind of a mess, you know, I don't know what's going on with Andrews or not, but yeah, I think Lamar rushing is a pretty good look too. So I wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind sprinkling that in. Um, Connor, that was number two for you, Pat. How about number two for you? I'm going to go with the quarterback and I'm going to take another under on this one. Dak Prescott under 257 and a half passing yards in his first game back against the lions, but it's against the lions. They don't (laughs) play defense. That's all fair. I, I I completely understand that part of it. Here's the thing. Unless they completely change their playbook, which they shouldn't, because their offensive game plan with Cooper Rush is what they should have been doing with Dak the whole time. Dak is just more aggressive. He takes more chances. He doesn't need to do that. He's just better than Cooper Rush. So all these incompletions and stalled drives that you've seen the past four weeks from Cooper Rush, you know, th- those are extended drives with Dak Prescott. He doesn't need to be throwing 80 yards downfield to Michael Gallup. Just throw Dalton Schultz over the middle. You'll be fine. But they're going to want to run in this game. They're going to successfully run in this game. I just don't need to see. It works one of two ways. I think game plan wise that the under comes through pretty well. I haven't projected at 217 yards. So it's 40 yards below what his over under is set at at the moment. Plus, 
his thumb still might be a problem. Remember, remember what happened with Russell Wilson in this last year? It's like Russ is cooking, Russ is cooking. Oh, he like broke his thumb or something. It's like, oh, he's coming back. Oh, against the Packers, he's gonna annihilate him. He threw for like 30 yards. Yeah, I, the range of outcomes here are, I think, pretty vast, but I don't think that there's a massive ceiling here either, even in this mismatch, because I think your point is correct. They'll be able to run and they don't want to, they don't have to push him. We're usually pretty bullish on passing yard overs. Uh, just from our projections, but we're right on kind of right on the number uh, on on Dak. So yeah, I don't hate that look at all. I do think there's going to be a lot of running back carries here. Connor, what do you think about Dak? What do you guys think about attempts instead or completions? Because I feel like both of those would be great looks too, uh, rather than because like the Lions defense is really bad as you mentioned. But I don't know if you can find like a good attempts prop under. Like I feel like they're not just going to like let him out, let him loose, and like sling it right away like you guys mentioned. Uh, I haven't I haven't looked at that number though. I think if you get like 34 or 35, I mean that seems like it'd be pretty high. I don't know what your you guys have your numbers at though. Let's see. Pass attempts for Mr. Dak Prescott is they don't have <laughs> Oh no, there is 34 and a, 34 and a half. Right on the number. And that puts me at where the hell is Dak? I gotta scroll down to find Dak. Let's see him here. I am at 29 attempts. Yeah, we we have him at 33. I mean, so even if you split the difference, it's still way under. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of those are, are good unders, to be honest. You could probably just, you know, spray the board. It looks like that's taking some action on DraftKings. Uh, it's minus 165 to the under 34 and a half. Uh, MGM is minus 125 on 34 and a half. So uh, definitely a easier pill to swallow there. I like that. I, I, I do think there's going to be a lot of running back carries here. And um, we'll do the tackle props in in here because there's a nice little one here Deshaun Elliott for the Lions um box safety Tracy Walker's their safety he's been out the last two games and Elliott's taken on this role and has been an absolute monster two games in the new role as a box safety 100% of the snaps plays about 40% in the box 12 tackles and 11 tackles no chance he's hung at like any more than like seven and a half just kind of like a high end for a safety unless you're, uh, you know, unless you're, uh, you know, a couple outliers here. Derwin James is like a guy that gets hung pretty high for a safety. So, yeah, Deshaun Elliott, one of my other favorites and kind of correlates well here. You can't, unfortunately, do same game parlays with tackle props, but, um, you know, kind of, you know, building kind of the game state that we think here under on attempts, a lot of carries, a lot of tackles. So, well, you can't really correlate much here, but like on prize picks, you can go Dak under the passing attempts at 34 and then Zeke over 15 and a half rushing attempts. Prize picks will let you, they'll throw in, nothing's out there now. There's literally no tackle props in the market right now. No, but um, they, they they appear on like Sunday morning. They do. Yeah, I, I put together a, pro, a tackle only prize picks play in our Discord last week that came through for us. So yeah, we... We wait until Sunday and then we uh, we will we'll attack. We'll take whatever they give us. So you can, you can correlate that there. Uh, my next one, prop number two for me. Um, well, let's do this one now. I'm going to go Amari Cooper because we were just talking about this. I played it at 55 and a half. I think it's crawled up 56, 57. I think it's still in play. He's got 10 or more targets in four of the last five. 12 last week against the Pats. Pats play a lot of man. Uh, he only caught four for 44. But Brissett is significantly worse against man on the season than he is against zone about 10% uh, success rate difference there. Um, Cooper has seen 28% target share this season. It's about 7% higher than his best mark ever. So getting as much volume, more volume than he ever has. 
Uh, from a yards per route run standpoint, it's been a little bit disappointing, but like from an expected standpoint, that's just tied to his quarterback efficiency. He's like top 3% on the year. So I think the volume is going to help alleviate some of the efficiency concerns. I think Pat is encouraging me too here with his thoughts around Jacoby Brissett being more efficient. So I think going yards over is probably the better look than a reception line, just because we take out a little bit of that volatility. It's got like a 12.3 a dot. So um, you, we can break it on a couple of big plays here, like this game environment in general. So yeah, Amari over 55 and a half. I would play it comfortably, probably below 60. Uh, I'm comfortable going over there. So kind of another addition and a little bit more, I think, detailed to why you'd want to add that to your same game parlay. So um, no need to add to any of that. I think we've already kind of talked about it. Connor, come back to you with uh, prop number three. Yeah, for sure. Also, I do want to add that I'm very jealous of your tackle props that you get to just like speculate on what the number will be at almost like we used to with like plot with props like regular ones and so uh and they would always be where we guessed and it would be easy overs and you know easy unders and now the market is just you know sharpening up a little bit but uh i'm not sure i can hop in the prop the in the tackle prop streets yet but maybe maybe someday i'll, I'll uh, you know follow your lead uh, my third one here one that i really like david montgomery under 55 and a half rushing yards on monday night football uh pats have limited to the best rushing teams in football the last two weeks browns and lions average just 4.05 yards per carry uh now patriots at home eight point favorites matt Eberflus also talked about how the bears will be riding the hot hand going forward as khalil herbert looked really good last week so he may be even more involved uh, i expect this game just to be uh, kind of a slaughter to be honest i expect bill belichick to really focus on what the bears do best which is essentially run the ball and you know force force fields to throw and confuse them as much as possible. And if the game state gets out of hand, I mean, the Bears are going to have to throw. And they have been throwing a little bit more than they than they were uh, early on in the season. Uh, and so I do think that volume could be a concern, concern here. Efficiency could be a concern. We have less than 50 uh, rushing yards projected. So I think that this is a, a solid look here. And I think the floor on, on Montgomery is like super, super low if Khalil Herbert like outplays him in the first quarter. And the hot hand thing I think is interesting. Pat, what are your thoughts on DeMont? I don't buy it. Uh, I, I do like the under, but I don't buy this hot hand approach whatsoever. They, they, they're going to run two drives with Montgomery, one drive with Herbert. They're just going to go back to what they did in week one because it just hasn't been working for them. And it's just so weird to see as good as Herbert looked while Montgomery was out, even before Montgomery had been out with the injury, to have David Montgomery come back and then all of a sudden he's like the only guy playing in the backfield. It just it made absolutely no sense to me. It was weird. Yeah, because we thought like Herbert had earned a bigger share in you said even in kind of mixing in, he looked good. And then, you know, you feel like you give him more opportunities to perform and then you come back and it's just just Montgomery. Uh, we just want to ride him out. So I think it's a good look, Connor. Yeah, no, I think the, the great part about the handicap is that, like, even if it is two and one, you know, I think that there's still a lot of ways that Montgomery gets there. And so, you know, like, if it's if it's not two and one, it's like 50-50, like Montgomery is like almost surely getting there. And if it's two and one, I still think there's a good chance that he gets there. Yeah. Uh, Pat, how about you? Number three. Hey, sorry, I was just looking at J.D. McKissick under rushing yards, but it's it's right on the periphery. It's 10 and a half, and since Brian Robinson has been active, he has two carries in two games, so you got to watch every. The problem is, with the 10 and a half, I wish there was a pass or a rushing attempts prop for him, is that the only time he runs the ball are like third and 27 draws, which he can just get 13 yards on, no one cares. So dumb, yeah. Yeah, so that that's a problem with that one. I am going to go... I'm going to go with that Nick Chubb prop. I mean, I, I like the percent over completions. I like everything in that game, but hell, that's like two good runs for Nick Chubb. 
And he's been the league's best rusher so far. The Patriots took him out. It happens. The Patriots are probably the best scheme team in all of football. But it's it has to be a blind bet, man. The guy's averaging almost around 100 yards a game. It's 30 below that. And as I mentioned, the Ravens are a bottom 10 rush defense. And if you get him to 15 carries in this game, he is going to obliterate this number. And I would just find it hard to believe that he wouldn't get there. So 71 and a half over rushing yards for me. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I think it's such a good process, just like the Henry thing. But the Henry thing was actually, you could make the case that that was a, a difficult matchup. At the time we came in, and the Colts were leading the league in basically any run defensive metric. Sure, sure. But what can you really glean from a three-game sample or a two-game sample at the time? You really can't. Like, For sure. Like that. That's yeah. actually a good time to try to go after some of the quote-unquote good units in football because the sample is just complete variance. Yeah. And even the point here is that this isn't even the case for the Ravens. They're not even a team that we should be shying away from running back carries or yards from. And you know, Chubb's just kind of a dude that, yeah, maybe might not get there from just sheer volume, but like he could just pop one. Like this is good. You could turn this on in like two minutes into the game and Chubb just ran down the sideline for 60 and you're good. Like you just need him to not get hurt in the first half and you're probably fine. Right. It might be low efficiency the rest of the way, but just to do that, can do that. So yeah. Yeah. And there, there are a few running backs who are like that. Like I would put Derrick Henry as a part of that. Nick Chubb is a part of that. Saquon obviously is a part of that. And now I know these are like, they're the very elite guys. You know who I am going to throw into that? He doesn't get the volume to really necessitate it, but his number is way lower. Travis Etienne is like that. Like one cut gone. Pierce, one cut gone. Yeah. And that's my next one is Damian Pierce. Uh, Damian Pierce over uh, 69 and a half. Rushing yards looks like no, looks like we're back. Uh, so I've hit it at 66 and a half. I saw it fly out to 69 and a half, 67 and a half, absolute smash. Still wow. good. Uh, I, I had it, I had it written down as on my short list at uh, 69 and a half. So I'm glad to hear it's lower. Yeah, we'll we'll take it. I mean, he is that guy. We've seen a shift. We had that wonky week one where we had nothing but good coach speak and even like not using him in preseason games. Damian Pierce, and then they come out week one, and it's Rex Burkett. Never, no idea what's going on. Since then, seventy nine percent, eighty percent, a hundred percent, and eighty one percent of the carries the past four games. The offensive line has improved. They're twelfth in adjusted line yards on the season. The Raiders' run D is in the middle of the pack. They're nineteenth in success rate. Again, not a team that we need to shy away from. Damian Pierce forced seventeen missed tackles the last time we saw him against Jacksonville. That is the most ever charted in a single game by PFF since they've been doing this. Uh, this guy just has a little bit of juice and he can get this done in, in a big, big way. Uh, I was a blind over. So 70 for me was kind of like, I would hope to get him in the sixties and yeah, we're still in that range. And I'm, I'm with Pat here. I think this is guy, a guy that is kind of putting himself in that from a big play perspective. And he's just staying on the field more too. Like they want, they talked about it, how, you know, this isn't necessarily for the prop, but like they talked about how they were getting really clear to read when they were bringing in Rex Burkhead for, passing game work so they wanted to keep pierce in so we've actually seen his like targets per route run and, and targets run increase too so i think just kind of overall total yards even for pierce is probably a good look he's just gonna continue to come off the field you know fewer and fewer snaps each week so uh over 67 and a half i think is a great play on damian pierce uh connor what do you think here uh i mean what do you think about like the game script like concerns at all do you think that any matters or no I mean, what's the game script concern that the Raiders cover the spread in the fourth quarter? Because the Texans have been really good through three quarters in almost every game this season. 
They have been, but I mean, the the spread is, you know, I mean, telling us that they should win, that they could win by more than touchdown. I mean, that's that's fair. Like, I think that it that, that's like the same kind of possibility as like the Seahawks Chargers. Maybe the Chargers are more explosive than the Raiders. But uh, I mean, that would be my only concern with Pierce. Uh, other than that, I think that it's solid. Yeah, that's fair. They actually have switched a little bit too. Davis Mills has been so bad. They've shifted from like a, a pretty surprisingly heavy pass rate team to running a little bit more now, I think, because they trust Pierce. So we've seen that shift there as well. They ran really, and again, the game script worked against Jacksonville last time out. Uh, that was their highest you know, run rate over expectation on the season. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of with Pat. Like, I think that they hang around. I think the Raiders probably hang it on them. But at the same time, like, I think the Texans kind of are alive to stick around for a little bit. So Pierce is just so good. It's the, the breaking tackles thing. Like we know that there's a lot of noise in running back data and stats, like broken tackle rate is pretty sticky. And I think it is a great indicator of skill. And this dude is doing it at a pretty elite rate. So I understand those concerns for sure, but I like this number quite a bit. So good with it. Uh, Connor, take us home. Number four. Yeah. My last one, it's, it's not something that's out yet, but I think this is probably one of my strongest plays. Uh, whenever it comes out, I don't really even care. The number Zach Wilson under pass attempts. Um, I mean, 25 and a half, 24 and a half, 23. I don't like, he's probably gonna throw the ball like 20 or fewer times here against the Broncos right now. They are, you know, the spreads close to even, I don't anticipate Russell Wilson playing, even if he does play the offense has been so bad. It doesn't matter. The Jets defense has been playing a lot better as of late. I don't anticipate the Broncos getting out to any kind of lead here. Uh, the Jets have been running it way, way more since Zach Wilson came back. You know, they obviously, they were first in pass rate with Joe Flacco, 14th in PR uh, pass rate over expectation. That's dropped significantly with Zach Wilson here. I mean, they've gone to a completely run first team. We faded Elijah Moore last week, which, you know, sent him to his grave essentially uh, on the receptions. And now uh, I'm not sure that I think volume unders on receivers too is great. Like on under receptions on, I know Pat mentioned it last week on uh, uh, one of the other guys, Garrett Wilson, and that would have gotten there. I mean, literally every prop under on a passing game for the Jets would have gotten there. And the Broncos pass defense is really, really strong. I mean, Pat Sertan, obviously just notably locked down Mike Williams, has allowed fewer than 67 yards in every single game so far in coverage. Uh, I don't know if he really shadows anyone in this game. I mean, is anyone really worth shadowing? I guess Garrett Wilson, but uh, I mean, I, I just think that there's so many great spots here just to play some unders. They're probably just going to run with Brees Hall and maybe have some decent success. So I think that's probably going to be their game plan here. It's funny because I agree with you, but I looked at my numbers. It loves Zach Wilson overs. Loves them. Like, oh, not no. even close. <laughs> like, I, I think oh, his no. – what, 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 what is his passing prop this week? Like, 170 or something like that? I don't think anything's out yet. I hadn't seen anything. That's why I, I didn't put it to a number. But uh, um, let's, let's see. see. Prize picks might actually have – yeah, 175 and a half passing yards for Zach Wilson is what they're posting as their prop. I have a 241, which I don't believe, but, like – that's crazy. I kind of thought I thought it would be like 190. Um, oh man, 170 is tough. But uh, yeah, and that's why I like the something. attempts. That's why I like attempts and completions more than the yards because you also just take out the variance of a spike play too. We're at 221 for yards. We're at 34 and a half for attempts, which feels high because I, I I'm with you I, there, Connor. I got 37 and a half. Wow. Okay. Oh man. Do you I think mean, that, it, I was gonna say? Do I you think, think it changes with Russ at all for you, Pat? I, I believe his name is Mr. Unlimited, <laughs> if you didn't know. I think he's going to play. I love Russ. Russ is great. It's good for He content. brings me so much joy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's a good – it's on my list for sure. That and Brees Hall rushing attempts over because we've seen him kind of emerge there as, as the main guy. We've seen it now since Wilson's been under center. 
Jets are 25th in pass rate over expectation, negative 7%. And we've actually seen teams skew to the run against Denver too by about 3% in a typical matchup uh, versus, you know, trying to throw on them. So I think there's a lot of reasons here why I think it's probably a good play. So I'm interested to see where the the attempts – I do think that the attempts is probably where I would go over the yards. Um, yeah, watch, make a note. I think that also in that same game, uh, I think that there could be an opportunity with some some Melvin unders or Latavius overs again, uh, just based on what Nathaniel Hackett said. You know, he kind of came out and was like, oh, Melvin's our starter this week. You know, we, we talked some things out. I mean, I'm not buying that. Like, I mean, sure, he's going to start the game. But like even Nathaniel Hackett the next day walked it back and was like, oh, well, he's going to start. But uh, we'll see how it shakes out. You know, we want to get the other guys going, too, because we got three guys that we want to give the ball to. That was the next which. That quote did not get as much publicity, uh, but like he's just like he's a coward. He doesn't care about this stuff. He's just gonna walk it back and probably play whoever's playing best. Like he did. Latavius was playing fine. I mean, he was he looked good at some time. So I, I'm I think that there will be some good times for more Latavius overs. I and mean, we're not gonna get 12 and a half like we got last week, but you know maybe maybe 30s. We'll see, and then maybe some Melvin Gordon unders. We'll we'll see. Yeah, um, big big if true. We had uh, Andy in the chat telling us that uh, we were in charge of the Elijah Moore trade request. He actually referenced four for four in the prop drop show and yep. uh, requesting his trade. So we got to watch out for that, you know, out here moving markets and in, uh, in requesting trades. So uh, Pat, how about you? Number four, or, uh, this is my favorite part. Cause you typically have like three or four that you want to like ballpark and, and throw out of this. So. so, so here are the ones, I mean, you took Pierce, so I'll scratch that one off. I, I really like the overall that one as well. I had Geno Smith under 18 and a half rushing yards, Dalton Schultz over 31 and a half receiving yards, which seemed really low for the expectation that we had of him coming into the year where he would essentially be, even with Gallup back, the number two receiving option in this offense, where I, I don't know what this prop was week one, but I assume it was like 51 and a half, something like that. He seems to be completely healthy. Dak is back bad defense like i know i don't love the over yardage but that's not a lot of yards to get over so i don't mind that I, there was a kate otten over two and a half receptions but i think that's juiced up to like minus 185 so i'm not taking that uh rashad white again he got there by by a hair uh, by a half yard on the yardage by two receptions that was nice but he's 16 and a half in terms of the receiving game this week i like the over on that but the one i'm gonna go with I've just had a lot of success with these quarterback rushing unders. Uh, Burroughs line's inflated right now. It's 12 and a half. And it goes one of two ways. He's either nowhere near this or he's way over this. And when you go and take a look at what he's done in terms of the rushing game, I think he's three of six so far in going on this number. So a complete 50-50. But the teams that he's done it against, it is Pittsburgh, Weeks one and week two. So Dallas and Pittsburgh, and he did it last week against the Saints, who found their pass rush all of a sudden. Even against Arizona, it actually turned out to be to their detriment against Arizona, which I think is a really interesting schematic thing against Kyler Murray, is that every time that they actually got a lot of pressure, it was good news for Arizona because then Kyler just rolled out and ran away from everyone for first downs. Like, you'd be better off rushing two against Kyler and be like, hey, man, try to beat us. Dare you. And he can't do it. But once you start getting him moving, he becomes super dangerous all of a sudden. So I thought that was somewhat interesting. You could almost play like the old, uh, like we like we had a rushing quarterback in high school who was by far our best player. It was just like, you know, they were going to rush one and just put two guys on the edges to make sure that he couldn't get outside the tackle box. That's almost what you should do against Kyler Murray in a weird way. But the, so Saints, the Saints kind of did last night. 
Yeah, eventually. But at yeah. first, like all those first downs that he converted in the first half, all rushing and just they were getting pressure up the A-gap. And then, boom, Kyler gets forced to the outside and then they can't contain him anymore. So with Burrow, pass rush, pass rush, two of the best teams. This is when TJ Watt was still playing, too, that they just got him off his spot. Not that the Bengals offensive line is any good, but these are like super good pass rushes and the saints really ratcheted it up last week we saw it again last night when they wanted to it seems like their pass rushes back too. atlanta worst pass rush in football not even close so if burrow isn't pressured you never like there's no design to burrow rushes it's a lot like the picket thing like if daylight is there he will take it but here's the thing there's just going to be so much clutter in front of him because atlanta's defensive line sucks so much he ain't running under 12 and a half like it we're right there we're at 12 but I think you make a great point. Yeah, you want the quarterback to have to be flushed out. He's not going to be flushed out. Like they had, I think last year had the lowest pressure rate in the league in the last over the last decade. Um, they ran back basically the same defensive line, tried to draft a couple of kids in like the third and fourth rounds. Those guys aren't really doing anything. And we had like one game early in the season. I think it was a Saints game. And we're like, what's going on with this pass rush? And now they've regressed right back to where we thought they would be. So yeah, it's well, it's twofold at the same time. Like their defense is actually better this year. Like, it's not like last year they were the worst defense in football by a pretty large margin. And a lot of that had to do with their only good player being A.J. Terrell, who's like not good this year, which is really strange. But they had no pass rush. And as I mentioned, they have no pass rush this year. In adjusted sack rate this season, they're 4.1%, which is actually right next to Cincinnati. Uh, the two worst teams in football getting to the quarterback. Then you have Jacksonville, Carolina, and Detroit. But that's still improved from last year and they were the 32nd ranked defense last year they're like 23rd this year so just it's hard to be the worst defense two years in a row just like it's hard to be the best defense two years in a row defense is just too variant driven like that like could you be the best offense yeah if you keep the same guys see no reason not to and if you didn't change your personnel on offense and you were the worst chances are you're going to be the worst again defense doesn't really work like that so They've gotten opportune pressures. Like, I remember very vividly in the Seattle game when Gino was coming back down to beat them at the end. What did they do? Boom, drop him for 17 yards. They got to Brady. They sacked Brady. Didn't count, but they got to him, and it should have counted. So they've just been a very opportunistic defense in that sense. But overall, like you mentioned, the worst adjusted sack rate in all of football. They generate no pressure. Historically bad. You got to go the under. Yeah. Like, look. Sound, sound reasoning. Uh, Connor, anything to add here on uh, Burrow Unders? No, I like the handicap and and just one small thing. I think on the game there, I think that the Falcons are able to kind of like suck the life out of some of this game here with the running attack because, you know, Bengals without DJ Reader, we talked about on the show last week, uh, have, you know, been below average in run defense uh, since they lost DJ Reader. And I expect the Falcons to be able to have at least some success running the ball, kind of like, you know, soak up some play volume there. So probably see you know just less overall play volume in this one well, what's the better bet guys is it atlanta plus six and a half or is it atlanta money line <laughs> mm, i'll oh. probably take the six and a half i'll probably do but i'll probably do an 80 20 split between my money yeah yeah You're probably right yeah i just think they can hang. The money line yeah yeah they, they can hang but i don't know that i i think that they go in there and win i don't know that they have that but they're yeah. feisty 
Well, they're feisty, and Connor hits it. Like, they just suck the air out of the game. They have two fullbacks and then random three running backs, all with really different skill sets. And you have the Mariota rushing option as well that shortens the game time, fewer razor, fewer play, fewer raised that run, fewer plays are run in the game. And points just become so much more valuable in a game like that. And if all of a sudden Zach Taylor goes back to being the moron he was the first five weeks, where every first down is, run up the middle with Joe Mixon for negative one yard, shortens the game even more. I know that was the thing going into last night when we met with Solak. I kind of was leaning Bengals the first game we talked about because I was excited. I'm like, well, they went on basically every snap other than like a kneel down. They went shotgun. shotgun. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, I worked. What are they going to do? Like this kind of takes them out of doing some things that are problematic for them. And then Solak just, you know, buried it and poked a hole through everything and just was, you know, all in on the – on the Falcons as well. So it's like, all right, well, I can get there. It makes a little bit more sense to me. I'm definitely not taking the Bengals after that. So yeah, good, good show worth listening to. Well, I do think as well that part of the reason that they went out of shotgun is because all of a sudden the Saints got guys back. They had no corners to deal with. So you could pass all over them, but they really had to be wary of the pass rush and how good at New Orleans generally is at stopping the run outside of a few big plays on Thursday night. That's usually their calling card on the defensive side of the ball. So you put yourself out in shotgun, just commit to not running and pass all over them with a depleted secondary. I mean, I think the Saints have given up 30 points and I can average at 30 points in the past six games. Like their defense sucks. Sucks. Yeah, it's been rough. No Marcus Davenport, no Marcus Lattimore. It's uh, it's not it's not great. Yeah, right. last three games, they've been like bottom five and like EPA, DVOA, like a bunch of stuff. Like literally the last three weeks, they've been really bad. I'm going to go through a few that I'm waiting for and looking at as well before I give you my last one. Although, real quick, I want to mention, I really like the um, the look that you had with Dalton Schultz. Uh, that popped at like 29 and a half. I went to bet it. It was gone. And then it wasn't back up. So now it's back up at 31 and a half. That's not much different. Yeah, I love the way you handicapped that. And then also Detroit has been just terrible over the middle, 28th in past DVOA against tight ends. I think it's a, a really sound look there. Um, what else are we looking at? You mentioned the Wilson unders for the Jets. Uh, Brees Hall carries, I think, is probably a good look. I mentioned R- Lamar rushing. I think that's going to be a play for me, depending if that's probably in like the high 50s or so, is something I'm uh, definitely interested in. I want to see if the Jets, uh, I'm sorry, if the Giants hang anything with Juan Dale. Um, I want to watch that carefully because he didn't play a lot, 35% of the routes last week. I think that probably increases here. Um, I'm really considering unders on Trevor Lawrence, probably unders on completions. He has a really bad against the blitz. And I think it was Warren Sharp was talking about how a lot of teams nowadays are mixing coverage behind the blitz. Basically, it used to be almost exclusively you'd see teams play man behind blitz, even sometimes cover zero. And Wink Martindale does that a ton. More so, we're seeing a lot of teams play zone. And there's pretty drastic splits for Lawrence when teams play man behind the zone or I'm sorry, man behind the blitz or uh, zone behind the blitz and the giants play man. And Lawrence is like 3.5 yards per attempt in those scenarios. I think he really struggles here. I think the giants are very feisty. I know this is a much talked about game with his five and one team as a three point dog against two and four team uh, on the road here. I think the giants are very feisty here. And I think that's going to play itself out in the prop market through Lawrence. So I'm going to, uh, continue to look a little bit more into that. Um, I, I, I have one comment about the Giants defense. It's bad, and no one seems to realize that. And if their defensive coordinator's wasn't name wasn't Wink Martindale, no <laughs> one would think that they were good. 
They're not good. They don't have a lot of talent, though. They are getting Leonard Williams back. They are getting KV on uh, Thibodeau back. So like, like they're, they're 30th in rushing defense. They're 20th in pass defense. There's almost nothing that they are good at. On, they have like, Saquon. Saquon's good. Yeah. It keeps the ball away. Yeah. When you look at like anything from like a success rate, the EPA per play, they just kind of are like you talked about with Atlanta, but even a little bit better when it, opportunistic. Um, you know, he knows how to, he's dialing up things in the right, in the right way. And we've seen kind of, even last week in a very like up paced, up tempo game where they had to play for behind, even against the Colts, we saw a negative pass rate over expectation for Lawrence. Like, I think they're in certain situations, maybe trying to hide him a little bit, um, or at least not like turning it over for him to go loose. So like I said, I want to dig into it a little bit, but I'm leaning under on some Lawrence stuff. Um, but the last one I'm going to play is kind of in the same vein. It is a under 32 and a half passing attempts for Taylor Heineke. This is uh, minus 120 on MGM. I think I saw it move earlier to 31 and a half. Still in this range, I think is, is fine. Packers are mostly a run funnel defense right now. Um, overall play volume in this game, I think, is going to be a concern. The Packers have um, those games have produced the league's fewest combined plays, according to Pat Thorman in his pace and snaps article. Um, 117 per game is comfortably the last in the league. In the last season, we saw this with Heineke. He was the quarterback, as we know. Weeks 11 through 18, they shifted to a very, very run-centric game plan. Um, they ranked 25th in pass rate expectation from weeks 11 to weeks 18 with Heineke there. Um, so I don't think there's going to be a ton of play volume. I think if you kind of look and project this with Carson Wentz stats, which probably feeds a lot of projections here, this might not necessarily pop. But I think they are going to try to run the football. I think this is how you attack Green Bay. So Heineke under 32 and a half attempts. I think probably under on completions, I think is like 21 and a half. I think it's probably a viable look too. But uh, what do you think here, Pat? I, I mean, just looking at the situation neutral stats right now, and even if it's within six points, these are two of the slowest teams in football. So I think that makes a ton of sense. And a lot of that can be influenced by rushing the ball so many times that that would lead towards that under you know what game i actually kind of like to be an over and I, I i don't know if people are on the same page as me is the cleveland baltimore game yeah sound that way based on what you were saying yeah i don't hate that at all um what was the one that uh, oh I, I think actually sharp clark played for us he played this game over this washington green bay game and i don't know why i don't know why yeah, like I could see Denver Jets having more points in this game solely because like the Jets and Broncos defense might score two touchdowns apiece. Yeah, I mean, the Packers might just be really bad. And I mean, but here, here's the here's the thing: we know that the Packers could be really bad. We know the Commanders are really bad. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, uh, Connor, what are your thoughts on on Heineke? I know this is this feels like it's in your lane, uh, but I don't know if you jumped in. No, I, I like it. Um... I guess my concern with the attempts is like, it just depends on how the game ends up like game script, but like the spread on this is close. Like, I, I don't think it's really all that like concerning that the, that the Packers they're like, look, go out to a big lead because they're going to go run heavy. They should have success on the ground because the Packers run defense is really bad. And I think that matters, you know, like if they're just going to be, you know, running into a brick wall on first down, I mean, they're going to have to throw like two or three downs. Like if they have success on the ground first down, it, it actually, I think tends to less passing and more like a closer game in general. So, yeah, I like it. I, I think it's a good play. I, I should probably tail it in the Discord. It was something that, you know, I think I was uh, you know, on a plane this morning when you played it and I uh, hadn't had too much time to, to look it over. You were trying to find a room that was quiet and had Wi-Fi better than 
whatever 4.8 4. 8 megabytes per second i mean i sent you a picture i've never i've never seen that i mean we're still rolling though we're, we're about an hour in so yeah no you've been fine you've been fine no problem there so yeah that's uh that wraps it for um, the props. I'll get to I'll do some tackles here, but let's talk about Thrive real quick. If we didn't hear at the top, um, Thrive Fantasy, download the app, use promo code 444. Um, you can use that promo code and you'll get a free betting sub at 444. Again, covering uh, all major sports. The betting sub gets you access to everything on the site. You definitely want to check that out. Thrive has a prop lobby where you can build, you know, similar to some other players out there in the pick'em space. Um, but they also have a prop GPP game that is paying 20K to first uh, this week. There are uh, lots, plenty of seats still available. Connor, have you uh, gone through the Thrive Lobby and uh, looked at some plays that you like this week? Yeah, I've looked at a, a couple here, a few that I really like. Uh, DJ Moore under half a touchdown. Uh, I mean, that's it's not even, but it's a little bit closer than it should be. Najee Harris under one and a half touchdowns. You're only getting 50 points, but uh, I don't I don't think that that's uh, – I think, don't think that's in danger at all here. Then there was one more that I really, really liked. I just uh, – I'm scrolling through and don't don't remember exactly where it was. Oh, C.D. Lamb, six and a half receptions. I mean, that's rich. Like, I, we don't expect Dallas to pass the ball a ton. Like, of course, the upside's there, and maybe in future weeks, but I don't know. That's a lot of that's a lot of catches, like, right off the bat here. Yeah, I think that's high. The one that's way off market, too, Austin Eckler, 50 and a half rushing yards. He's, like, 60 and a half everywhere. Um, kind of juiced to the over, so that's probably moving. Um, I also think Tua over 20 and a half completions is a pretty good look here, too. We're um, watch out with any Tua overs just because one bad hit he's done. Yeah, that's true, that's fair. Um, Tyreek is a little off market, that's a good point, though. But Tyreek's proven to be kind of quarterback proof. Um, his receiving yards is up to 81 and a half here on Thrive. Um, I think in the prop market in general, it's still in the high 70s, like 78 or so. Um, I played 74 and a half at open, but I think Tyreek is just, he's been incredible this year. And uh, I don't care if it's Teddy or, you know, Skylar Thompson or uh, Bob Greasy. Uh, the, uh, the the Tyreek stuff has been pretty good. So, yeah, get a free T-shirt. If you sign up this weekend over at Thrive, again, promo code 444, uh, thrivefantasy.com. Get signed up there and take advantage uh, on Thrive. So um, give you a couple more tackle props before the 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 uh, chat is uh, slacking here. We talked about uh, Jermaine Pratt, Cincinnati. That's a good one. We talked about already in uh, Deshaun Elliott for Detroit. It's a good one. We are 100% going back to Alex Singleton. Uh, if Josie Jewell is, in fact, out, which I think is going to be the case. Uh, Denver here, as we just talked about, we expect a pretty rush-heavy attack from the Jets. And Singleton is coming off of a 21 tackle game, 19 solo tackles, which is just absolutely insane. Very interested to see what the books hang him at. Probably nine and a half now, which is still fine. Um, I have no problem with him getting there. Um, Jalen Petrie is a safety for the Texans. He's the box safety um, in this game against the Raiders, who I think you know we think could be up comfortably at a point in this game. Uh, or at least should see a lot of Josh Jacobs carries here. Uh, Petrie is interesting. He probably gets hung at like five and a half, which I think is pretty light. Uh, he and Jonathan Owens are both pretty viable looks. Owens has been just piling up tackles this season. He's not the box safety though, which is kind of unusual when you look at pretty much any other team in the league. It's the box safety who has a higher tackle rate and more tackles. I think it's just because the linebackers are so bad in Houston that um, you know, they let a lot of stuff get to the back end. So Petrie and Owens, I think are both 
pretty good looks. Um, Nick Bolton, I'm on the fence with this. Bolton has at least nine in every game. Linebacker for the Chiefs. He's the only linebacker. He plays 100% of the snaps, does not come off the field. The only one on the Chiefs that does so. 10% tackle rate on the season. He's fifth in the league in total tackles. Um, I just kind of think about how that game goes. I think we know San Francisco wants to run the football. A good amount of opportunities there. That if you kind of like the Chiefs to maybe win big, which I don't, I personally don't necessarily. I think you can think the game script kind of gets away from that, but I think Bolton makes a ton of sense. And then CJ Mosley in that same game with our guy, um, Alex Singleton. Mosley is a linebacker for the Jets. Um, at least 10 tackles in five of six. Fourth in the league of tackles, just kind of a year in and year out stud from a tackle standpoint. So those are some of the main looks for me this week in the tackle streets. Again, uh, those are going to be given out probably Sunday morning over on uh, 444, our Discord. Again, part of the subscription if you were to top in the uh, the betting sub. So those are some of the looks. We'll fire off a uh, parlay over in prize picks as well. But you're only going to get the official plays when you're in the Discord. So uh, don't hold me to those. But those are looks we definitely want to look at and see what the books post, Connor. I love it. Yeah. And one, uh, some little breaking news here as the show is going, JK Dobbins officially announced out for this mm. weekend. Um, I think that we could get some, you know, nice looks on Kenyon Drake who looked, who's looked good. Uh, and Gus Bus? yeah, Gus I mean, Bus, maybe Gus Bus. Yeah. Maybe Gus Bus. We'll see. I don't know. It depends on what they drop it at, but I mean, the matchup's good. Brown's run defense has been super bad. Uh, you know, like I mean, bottom two in pretty much every metric. So uh, I think that, that that is interesting. I mean, also to, I'm wondering if Sportsbooks will just let us cash our J.K. Dobbins under 925 and a half rushing yards in the season now, or if we have to wait until the end because he is not going to even get to 500 this season based on how this is going. What he's at like 120 through, I guess now seven weeks. The uh, Christian Watson one feels pretty good as well. He, oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> under 700. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't played forever, and uh, yeah, that was. That was I think my first my first future of the season was the Christian Watson play. So yeah, he played that in May. I mean, that was just like oh, that was that was cash. Yeah, bad line. So, all right, gentlemen, enjoy that as always. Uh, Pat, remind everyone where they can find all of your tremendous content. Find it at the Mayo Media Network on YouTube. Pat Mayo Experience on podcast networks such as Apple or Spotify. May have heard of them? Might as well go sub. All right. Sub, it's worth it. Good stuff as always. Connor, uh, it might be a light card for you this week. I don't know what's going on, but you know, I know that you'll be in the corner in the wedding. You'll be that guy, you know, Saturday night waiting to see what's dropped, just kind of desk scrolling, refreshing. Uh, what's on the docket for you? Yeah, I'll be phone scrolling and grinding the props. Maybe go get some some drinks, go down to the beach right now, you know, and uh, start, start grinding some more props, see what else comes out. I mean, these props came out really late this week. Like, it was, I mean, a couple hours ago, and they're still dropping, like, the majority of stuff. So it, I actually prefer it that way for the market, but still, I think that uh, it'll end up being a good week. Just, you know, slow off the top here for me. Yep. So check all that stuff out again in the Discord, as always. Uh, check out the Thrive, all that stuff in the show notes. Subscribe, rate, and review. Smash the like button. Share it with your friends. Again, goes a long way in helping uh, keep the lights on. Allows us to do lots of different, different cool things. Bring on very uh, sharp uh, people who basically go eight no in the last two weeks like Pat um, helps us a lot. So do all those things and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks again. Yeah. <laughs>